Oh, shalom. Uh, I'm going to be on August 11th in Lake Charles, Louisiana, performing stand-up comedy at the L.A. Grand Event Center. L.A. Grand, the Louisiana Grand Event Center, right? August 26th, I'll be in Rancho Mirage, uh, California, at the Agua Caliente Resort Casino. That's basically Palm Springs. October 6th, I'll be in Moncton, New Brunswick. I'll be at the Capitol Theater. October 7th, I'll be in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada, the Imperial Theater. October 8th, I'll be in Waterville, Maine, at the Waterville Opera House. Fun. October 13th, I'll be in Pennsylvania. Erie, I'll be at the Warner Theater on the 13th. October 14th, I'll be in Washington, Pennsylvania at the Hollywood Casino. Me. Damn it. Hollywood. Casino at the Meadows. See you there. I love you guys. In addition to some new tour dates, we have new merch for sale. We haven't done merch for a while because I was weirded out by the trash garbage that a lot of these companies make. We finally found a company that makes one uh, that is the real deal. Okay, look at look at this. Horse merch. What more could you want in life? Get it for your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your mom, your dad, your friend, or any weirdos who love wearing clothes with animals on them, aka the people that like to sit alone at parties and not be talked to. This is a great way to get people to be like, I don't even, I'm not even gonna, yeah, I'll let them come to me. I promise that if you have a hoarder in your life you can't seem to find the perfect taxidermy statue for, the new Good For You merch will do the trick. Amazing quality. No children lost fingers or got cobalt poisoning during the making of it. You will receive your sweatshirt, your long shirt, your short sleeve shirt. You'll get it in about four weeks, completely free of children's tears or fingernails. The merch is not Chinese trash, just the perfect top if you're white trash. Today's guest is comedian Kathy Griffin. Don't panic. It's not going to be a big libtard festival. Uh, even though I don't even know if I'm liberal at this point. Like liberals went so far off the cliff that I feel like I'm like in the middle now. I'm like, you guys, do we need to offer manicures to boys in kindergarten? Like we're first period. Like, does that need to be a part of the curriculum? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe I wait. You guys want to get rid of squirt guns because it's toxic masculinity? I'm lost. You want me to ask my unborn baby its gender and if it wants to transition in utero? I guess I'm not liberal anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm just confused. Anyway, luckily none of this stuff comes up. She has so much wisdom. She's insanely resilient. Interesting uh, insights on what makes us unlikable, likable. Lots of interesting showbiz stuff. She's learned a lot about when to bite your tongue and when not. I really hope I learned something from this. Joy, Kathy Griffin. Bap, bap, bap. Action action coming in hot does that does hearing action make you kind of i make him do that because then i'm like i make i like action in almost any scenario where i'm even half working like seriously like i've been in situations where i've had my friends say action to order from you know mcdonald's i respond i'm a lights up performer i am so pavlovian like i was working with this trainer a while back and i was like when you need me to do something can you just say action yeah because i know that i'll like become the show pony that, that means need. what 15 reps yeah okay. exactly it's All like right. i'll just know that's what i need to turn on yeah you know all right can we talk about your pregnancy sure okay so i i want to address the can i break the fourth wall like moonlighting please of course okay good so i went to visit whitney's animals because i wanted some animal therapy and because Whitney was no help at all. But thank God for an alpaca, which was actually an emu, but she's not. 
educated in a traditional way. Anyway, he's a giraffe for the first like 30 minutes. I'm famous. And that is a pass. And so I saw her picture on Instagram. Like, I feel like I'm back in Michael Jackson's land. She okay, so I I um thought that you had posted a picture with a distended stomach as a bit. When I visited you, you had a shirt tucked in jeans, and I swear you were not showing. So I go home and I say to the husband, I told you it was a bit. It was a bit. She's not pregnant. And he's like, why do you think that? I go, she didn't even mention it. Like, it didn't even come. So I feel like an asshole that I didn't even congratulate you on your bit. Which is now going to be a precious angel from heaven. The worst part is that you didn't think the bit was funny. At least I thought it was a solid bit. Not your best bit. But I thought it was solid. I thought it was solid. I was two months pregnant when I found out. Okay. Are you? That's like, that's like a TLC show. That is, it is a TLC That's why I didn't know I was pregnant. <laughs> which, by the way... Please bring that back because I know TLC never misses this podcast. Which here would, what I will say is touring in Saskatchewan, Canada yeah. is the same symptoms as being pregnant. Okay. I was like nauseous. I was tired. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I was, have a double tonight. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, exactly. And I didn't really, I was eating out of vending machines and mm-hmm. I was like, didn't you notice? Weren't you nauseous? I was like, yeah, well, I was in Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how we roll there. Yeah. So I just kind of like didn't put it together. And then she was like, you have a full baby in you. I was like, wild. I, I'm just wrapping my head around full as an adjective. Like, <laughs> like full baby. Full baby. Phew, that is a load off my mind. I mean, I don't I, know about you. I got pregnant naturally at 40. Like, I'm convinced it's a vaccine injury. Yeah. Like, I don't even. It's side effects. I'm like, this. I got the Johnson & Johnson. Yeah. I don't know. No, I heard you got pregnant from ivermectin. <laughs> That's what's going around on TikTok. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's, it's, I'm being very awkward about it because I also feel like when, I feel like when women get pregnant, they always act like they're the first person to ever get pregnant yeah. and I don't want to be one of those people yeah. so I just like do these people like are you pregnant I'm like yeah no don't, we don't need to talk about it like it's let's just see we're not there yet we haven't crossed the finish line yet let's just not you know how many kids did your mom have how many siblings two okay two. that's that I'm I'm Irish Catholic that's both two my two. mother and this is a fact my dear departed mother mm. was the youngest of 16 Change your face right now. You haven't, you froze. I can't. Change your face right now and react to that. I just can't. The youngest. So imagine going through this 16 times. I don't think. You know why? Because the Lord baby Jesus told them to just. Hates you. Hated them. <laughs> hated them and resented them very much. It, did they all get along? I mean, that's oh, like. No, it was such an Irish. Show. Like, it was such a um, Frank McCourt book mm-hmm. that. Is that the right McCourt? I know there's two. I don't know. Uh, you know, the Angela's Ashes. It was such that book that they weren't even alive at the same time. Like Wild. And a couple of them died in like old timey Irish Catholic ways. Like it was just so. Are you going to set yourself on fire? No, I, <laughs> no, I heard that was your thing. I heard that you're like, if the podcast isn't going well, I ignite myself. Igniting has never gotten old. So just be safe. Dude, whatever hair extensions I put in today do smell weird. So I'm, I do want to get that candle. I think these are the old Jessica Simpson okay. ones. Remember the ones you couldn't yes. like? Yes. <laughs> yes. But wait, so that is a lot of the reason why people used to have so many kids was in case some died, yeah. you had enough to run the farm. Yeah. 
Was the, did you come from farming stuff? We came from drinking stock. Sure. And drank a lot. And then I will say my grandparents came over on the boat steerage. Oh, which means because my grandparents were born there, if Trump gets elected again, I think there's some shady way I could get Irish dual citizenship. Ooh. Although I don't know what I would realistically do in Ireland for four years, mm-hmm. but it's beautiful. I visited there once. It was gorgeous. But I do like thinking I have an exit plan. And Canada won't take me. I tried. Really? Yeah. I tried to buy a house in Canada. Uh-huh. And there was so much mischief. And sometimes I talk like I'm Jewish. I'm not. I'm into but it. I could pass. I just found out I'm half Jewish in December. I know. And you have a full baby? I know. Full baby, half Jewish. So how, how Jewish is the baby? <laughs> half of a half? Or I don't know if I'm the, I guess. If, if you're, you're the mother, the baby's Jewish. Have you in therapy at all dug into ancestral trauma stuff like yes. deep Ireland, the stuff we carry, the guilt, yes. the shame, the st- unfinished business? Because I think about the guilt my poor grandmother must have had. Mm. And by the way, I was only alive for one grandparent. They were all died off by the time I was born because mm-hmm. I'm what you call an accident baby. I don't know. What? They call me a surprise. Oh. Yeah. And then when they realized I was brunette, they were really bummed. Oh, boy. Yeah. But too, yeah. Much, too much surprise. Because I'm 13 months younger than my older sister. Oops. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But when you're in an accident, and I know a lot of people, a lot of people that were the youngest yeah. were yep. fine, you kind of know. Yeah. I feel like I knew at a very young age, I'd earned my keep. I yeah. felt like I stressed my mom. I felt like there wasn't enough room for me. And I had to kind mm-hmm. of shape shift and, you know, make myself a chameleon in order to fit in. Yeah. I, I knew at a very early age, like, I have to be entertaining. I have to be fun. I have to be needless. I have to be self-contained. Yeah. I have to be an overachiever. I have to be perfect. I can't add any stress. Mm-hmm. I remember so vividly going up to my dad. He, he was always watching SNL, always watching you know, comedy. Yeah. I think part of the reason I was like, I need to get in the box. Yeah. That's how I'm going to get him to right. see me. And I went up to him and I remember saying like, hey, dad. And then he was like, hey. And I remember thinking that didn't go well. Oh. <laughs> I remember thinking, wow. regroup, try a different approach. You were bombing and saying hello. 100%. Yeah. And I remember going like, that didn't go well. And then the next time I was like, hey, daddy. Like, and it right. just, yeah, that, was it. It. that was it. Yeah. No, I I think that's why I'm a performer as well. Also, both my parents worked full time. So I was also what's called a latchkey kid. Yep. So come home from school, let myself in, watch a little something called the after school special. Catch on fire trying to make yourself lunch. Thank you. The whole thing. Um, Oh, I also had an eating disorder, which means even at that age, I would get a Jiffy cake and they used to make like a cake for one. Jiffy, Jiffy frosting. Mix it up. And I would have yellow cake with chocolate frosting and I would buy a can of Pringles because they were new and revolutionary at the time. And we thought they were potato chips, not potato crisps. Like, I don't even know if there's any potatoes in Pringles, but probably. And that would be my salty sweet thing. And then I was so wrecked that I would take the garbage from it. I I didn't barf, but I would take the garbage and go to like the neighbor's garbage can. So my mom wouldn't see the Jiffy box when she got home because mom came home first. Oh, I know. When did you know when you had that you had a disordered eating? No, I think. And what's funny, I didn't have the kind because I wanted to be thin, I just had an an overeating disorder. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't a purger. I was just an overeater and then I would starve myself. Mm -hmm. But it still was like the same. And I think I just was lonely and this was my friend. And like I said, in front of the TV, you know, the schedule was like, I think I used to watch like Peyton Place, like if that was even still on when I was in grade school. But like, I remember having my shows and looking forward to, and I was... You know, bored and frustrated in school. 
I didn't love school except the social aspect. Yeah, if you have a quick mind, school is just boring. I, I rarely had classes that I even was like excited about. I was terrible at doing homework. I used to watch TV till two in the morning every night and yep. fantasize about being on TV. And like you said, in the box. Same, same. And obsess, like, and then obsessively wanting to be the sidekick. Oh. I didn't want to be the pretty girl. I was like, the pretty girl's great. She, her name's on the title. But the sidekick tells yeah, the that's, that's all the cute clothes. Rhoda, that's all the, yep. Phyllis. Mm -hmm. Ethel. I know. I always wanted to be Janet from Three's Company. Yeah. I, you know, like I was. You want to be Mrs. Roper. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I was 10. I'm just saying I was 10. <laughs> so it's interesting. I'm hearing like, do you feel like not a lot of people talk about neglect? And I'm yeah. not accusing anyone of neglecting. It's just sort of, I had a mom that worked a lot. Yeah. I'm glad I got to see her work ethic. I know I absorbed a lot of it. It didn't yeah. even occur to me that you didn't work work a bunch right. of jobs by the way at the minute you could so i yep. got the workers permit at 15 had a job in a local store and then on 16 i was like i don't even need a permit so 100 yep. percent, our family was like the minute you're 15 you get a job somewhere did you feel like the eating was like a loneliness thing yeah or i live straight up filling the void mm -hmm. like quite literally mm -hmm. i just and also look i was a mcdonald's kid yep like i i don't know if you were breastfed but my mother believed in something called similac and it's a powdery substance that I believe one puts with water. And it was just... Which does tips on your nail. I don't even... <laughs> it's And I guess I just... She just put it in the bottle and I was a Similac baby. And so I really only knew junk food, honestly, until I was like 18 or 20. I didn't... I. So your and, tolerance for sugar was probably yeah, really and, high. And because they both worked, it was, here's a dollar, go to McDonald's, and you could get a whole meal for 95 cents or whatever. Yep. And so... Our family was like a big sweets family. My mom didn't cook. So for when we had a rare family dinner, which because they both worked was maybe Sundays, mm -hmm. maybe once a week, and she made Hamburger Helper. So my birthday would be Hamburger Helper and a Betty Crocker cake for my birthday, and she would make a lemon cake with lemon frosting. Mm -hmm. But I didn't even know there was a way to make a cake that wasn't a mix. Like, I right. thought the mix was scratch. Right, right, right. I didn't know some ladies... The dumb ones breastfed <laughs> and made cakes from flour and Those other popless whores. whores. They were dirty whores. <laughs> and so, yeah, so that was my, that was it. Similac. They still make it. Well, see? This is it. Similac Total Care Infant Formula with yeah. prebiotics. See? What's our the closest problem? formula to breast milk? They're not even like it's similar. This is our Wait, closest shot. I can top it. Please. My mother would get hammered on her box of wine. Mm. And then she used to pride herself on saying, and those goddamn doctors when I was pregnant with you, Kathleen, they gave me speed to keep my weight down. And that's why you're like this. That's what's wrong with you. And by the way, she was being honest that that piece of doctor used to give women speed to try to like not have them not have baby fat. Wow. So my mom was like a speed freak when she was pregnant. And that's what's wrong with me. And that's why I'm wrong. And is speed, is speed like amphetamines? Oh, yeah. Back then, like, is yeah. like what Adderall would be today? Yes. And they would just. And I, by the way, I don't know, like, if it was even more powerful than Adderall or less. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it would be like taking over the, I mean, street speed, like amphetamines 
like dolls, as they used to call them in Valley of the Dolls. Like, yeah, it was like what became like Black Beauties or Speckled Eggs or... Right, right. I don't even know how to, what you call it these days, but I would just... Yeah, it's definitely Adderall. And at the time, that was just like a vitamin or so. It like, yeah, it was like part of the regimen, the prenatal care. And it's crazy to think, because I remember I have, you know, friends whose mom's like, oh yeah, we were encouraged to smoke while we were pregnant because yeah. it would calm us down. It would right. help us take deep breaths and it would, you know, so I always think like, what are the things we're doing today? Yeah. Then in 30 years, we're going to look back and go like, like, what am I doing right now? iPhones. iPhones. Yep. That's I it. Mean, it's going to be someday they're going to go, what were you thinking? What you didn't know food, phones could kill. It's going to be something where people are going to be appalled. What's happened to the stories that were everywhere? And I, you know, remember watching Oprah's about this entire Oprah's where if you held your phone up here too much, you got cancer. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing for years. Yep. Like people going on 60 minutes, like that kind of went away. RFK used to defend them. He, I mean, he, Oh I, I, I'm not getting into his oh politics. I don't know enough about it, but he, uh, as a lawyer, I'll talk about him as a lawyer, yes. not as a candidate, uh, defended a lot of people in those exact cases talking about that yeah. exact thing. But I just don't know what happened to that. So either they were just wrong or they or they bought their way out of it. Yeah. And then I've got this strap that I carry my phone around on a strap at all times. Yes. Because I feel like I'm always going to lose it. Yeah. And so it just hits right on my uterus. Okay, well, that's so, it's just banging up against your uterus. Yeah, so. By the way, Jesse, Jesse's here, my attache. <laughs> Can you go online and find that strap? Because I have a strap for my phone, but it's too weak and it like falls off. I sometimes. actually might have one that's you like take a belt. today to borrow in the meantime. This is bandolier yeah. and it's got my credit cards in it. It's this whole, everyone makes fun of me, but guess no, no. what? I never use my phone. Yeah, never it's great. It. And then also, it, sometimes when you have to take a photo and you don't have anything to put it on, yeah. you can turn it upside down, hang it on something. And then take the video. Oh, yeah. So it kind of doubles as the tripod. Yes. Sometimes I'll be in venues if I need to take like yeah, a crowd yeah. work video. I'll just hang it in the back, you know, on a mic stand or yeah. something and you can video. Oh, hey, y'all. So last week, you probably noticed that we did a big merch drop of sweatshirts that have horses on it. And you're thinking, how could Whitney, a person who almost exclusively wears clothes from thrift stores and gas stations with horses on it, who does the ha-has and the hee-hees for a living, who spends most of her time arguing with male comedians, know how to work such a high-tech merch business. Is she some kind of genius? Did she have her robot do it? Is she having an affair with the CEO of the internet? What gives? I'll tell you what gives. Shopify. When we were launching the new merch and had to set up the way to sell it, I almost gave up, y'all. I almost went to pigeons. I was like, yes, pigeons. You, all this is terrifying to me. Let's just give it to a pigeon. They'll fly. We'll put a little laser beam on them. I don't know. I'm pretty much great at putting a design of a horse on a thing and picking the fabric. When it comes to how the pixels talk to the ones and the zeros, I got nothing, y'all. But I was quickly calmed down by my web guy going, hey, idiot, we're going to be using Shopify to sell your merch. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. And now I know why after using it last week. It's a dream. No tricks, no scams, where it makes you use zip files or GeoCities or some madness. <laughs> Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or an IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you will need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling satin sheets from Shopify's in-person POS system or offering organic olive oil on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you're covered. I don't know why I keep burping, sorry. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers 
to buyer. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is truly a global force powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn. And, and now, York Rodeo, which is what I've decided to call the good for you line. Changed my mind. And millions of other entrepreneurs of every size over 170 countries. I didn't even know there were that many countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash Whitney, all lowercase. That's a dollar a month. That's insane. Go to shopify.com slash Whitney to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash Whitney. Do it. Go get rich the easy way. Wait, can I just yeah. toot my own horn, please? Because I'm sorry. Someone told me a story. But I'm just going to be really corny and touch me. And I, it's going to sound like an asshole because she should be telling the story about me, which would be cool, but I can't. So I never really met Melissa McCarthy, even though we were both in the groundlings. Uh -huh. I was just in at a different, a much earlier era. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't even know she was the from the groundlings at first. I just thought she was an actress. Then I found out she was in the groundlings, which is a comedy improv group here in Los Angeles. And I cycled through there and I got to work with like, Phil Hartman. Mm. Like I got to work with some amazing people and then I was there for a long time and stuff like that. So anyway, I see her yesterday at a party and it was kind of a big party. So I didn't want to like monopolize her, but we were just chatting for a minute. And I finally, I go, you're, you were Groundlings, right? And she's like, Kathy, the first Groundlings show I ever even went to, they were doing an improv about a shirtless gym and the guys took their shirts off. And then later in the scene, you burst in with your shirt off from the door and it got this giant laugh because you had this like silly bra on and whatever. But she goes, I went, I want to be her. And I signed up for the classes Monday. And I was like, what? And then I said, can you maybe tell that story in 60 minutes? <laughs> Would that kill you? So I'm just going to tell you that story because I, that. I am very much owning. I'm 62 years young and I am owning. I'm trying to step into my grand dame phase of my career. Love it. Right? Love it. So next is the moo-moos. Mm -hmm. um, I think I could, because of my age, I think I can get away with a lot of politically inappropriate stuff. It, yes. Like I can have like gay boys in neckties. You can actually do like whatever you want. Right? Yeah. Because I'm thinking like um, turbans? Yes. Maybe, a turban. Um, I can have like an eyelash on my cheek by a, mistake. A bindi? Oh, you Maybe. can have a cut on your face. Yes, I can bleeding. have just mysterious yeah, lacerations. Yeah, you can have a stigmata. Right. No one will care. I, I have already started this. When I go to a restaurant, I can't help but call the servers hun and honey. Oh, sweet peas. I'm already right. sweet peas. I'm already there. Okay. And oh, oh, color contacts? Color contacts would be great. Like a like a lilac? Knee highs? Knee high yes, tomatoes, love it. Knee highs with a nice comfortable sandal? With a sandal, with like a like a, a goatier bejeweled yeah. sandal. Very but like a low chunky heel. Betsy Johnson. Because honey, I can't do those that pitch anymore like you young gals. I can't be pitching my feet in five inch heels. Mm -mm. Those days. Oh, no, I don't. I want a low chunk and a lot of that jewels. That ended when I bought a house. And I can I can also over jewelry. You can do earrings, many earrings on necklaces, bangles, several rings. Uh huh. Maybe even like a uh, what do you call it when you're going to punch somebody? Like um, a, a, a brass, brass knuckles. knuckles. I could do brass knuckles. Yeah. with my name on them. Oh yes, because you're a brassy. Maybe. Lock. What if it's Blast. time for me to go from Kathy to Kitty? <laughs> Kitty Griffin. Well, then Kitty we're not... Griffin at the Mirage in Las Vegas <laughs> one night only. I tell you, Kitty, Kitty Griffin. Kitty is really working. And by the way, Kitty gets to. 
do whatever she wants. wants. And like, well, I, if I'm in the diapers and there's leakage too, so what? I'm Kitty. So that's how Kitty is. My- <laughs> Kitty leaks. So what? She's been through the the mill. She's been in so many rodeos. She forgot to the count. Kitty was literally bred in a puppy mill. Kitty was raised on speed that her mommy took, and her mommy was the youngest of sixteen. Give Kitty a break. <laughs> do you like how I make my grandmother's issues my own? Well, our, I have our- no children. It's yeah. one thing. It's your grandma. It's, uh, thank you. It's not one thing. It's your mother. Do you have any more advice for Kitty? I feel like Kitty, if we're going from Kathy to Kitty, yeah. I don't know about the Moomoos. I think we're at capes. Oh. I think we're at full capes. Okay. Okay. The Moomoo, may- your housekeeper can do the Moomoo right, maybe. Right. But if we're in Kitty territory, yeah. I feel like we're collecting dolls. Yeah. Oh. And then I get in that Demi Moore Mafia. Yeah. Oh. And Marie Osmond. We're oh. both doll people. Really? And <laughs> no, the best is when you'll see them photographed at a doll mafia convention and they're real. There's a real mafia and they always have them in like a Tumwa, Iowa. And Demi Moore is there looking like the youngest person a Tumwa's ever seen. And Marie isn't far behind going, because Marie's got the crazy laugh. She's not afraid of a good time. You know, Marie. No. And when Kitty and Marie and Demi and I get together mm-hmm. and we're going to share a hotel room. Yep. Yep. Yes. We're going to go to multiple. We're going to do a doll tour. You, you guys are in the. Twin bed, the dolls are in the king. That's right. We name them. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course you name After them. After our lovers. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it's like that guy I banged in in sync. I won't name names, but it wasn't Lance. I can tell you that. And <laughs> No one knows the names of anyone else. So well, that's, that's, I know. That's kind of true. J.C. Chazé? J.C. Chazé. Uh, Chris Kil- uh, Kilmartin. Wait. Okay. Kilgar- Kilgariff? No, that's Karen Kigal. Um, uh, Joey Fatone. Uh, Lance Bass. Tyler... Harry? Was he? He wasn't in sync. I don't think about it. I forgot that one record where I was in sync, Gary. Um, this is making me very happy. I feel yeah. here's the only problem is that everything I want to pitch you yeah. is almost not as crazy as what I'm already doing. I'm like, what if you collect something like My Little Ponies? Uh, yeah, what's 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 the issue behind those? Because there is one. There is uh, this is stuff that fans send. Okay. Um, I say stuff that I like liked as a kid. And you talk to them? Well, the, the fans or the no, I, I I know you don't talk to fans. <laughs> I know you've been known to strike them physically when you don't like the way they look at you. And I stare the eyeline, honey. But do you talk to your toy horses? I don't talk to my toy horses. What but that dick. that might actually be healthy. Yeah, it might actually be cathartic. Oh, Kitty talks to her plants. Good. Kitty talks to the ficus. Well, because you know plants do talk to each other yes. also. So yes. you might as well join Why, in. That's right. Kitty, like, in fact, Kitty sings show tunes. I feel like Kitty, I, I'm really into what Kitty collects. Yeah. Um, I, she likes old town, like old fashioned Miami memorabilia. I feel like she's got a couple Jane Seymour paintings. Yeah. Yeah. Who you else know, paints? George Bush. Yeah. She's mm. got a couple of the dogs. I'd, really, I'd so rather have the Jane Seymour paintings. Maybe she like got the painting of Bill Clinton. And is anyone from more Epstein's beautiful than Island? Jane Seymour? No. Nope. No one it's in God's green earth. No, not, not going to happen. Not in Kitty's lifetime. Does Kitty have a QVC line yes. of uh, eyeliner on one side, like eyeshadow on the other? Yeah, but it's it's for mature ladies. Mm-hmm. So it's like a robot system. Because, you know, we get shaky. 
Sure. It's shaky and leaky. Yeah. And so it's like a robot system. By the way, like a jitterbug, it has one button. Uh-huh. So don't worry, kitties fans don't have to like figure it out or read uh, instructions. Uh, uh, no thanks. So it's a robot that puts the makeup for you on for you. And there's a music playlist. And it's also show tunes with a little like greatest hits of Jim Neighbors. Yep, yep. Like it's got some fan favorites. Yep, yep, yep. It's got the Ethel Merman disco album. Did you know that there's a channel that's just Bob Ross painting? No. It's only Bob Ross. And, and I thought we were friends. Paint- <laughs> so wrong and wrong. It's him painting just 24 hours straight. I feel like she maybe that's on her Samsung yeah. painting TV. Well, she fucked Bob Ross twice. For sure. And everybody knows the second time she was drunk on a martini. Because it takes so little with Kitty. He actually used to do her makeup. <laughs> I'm also too fat to be Kitty. And I'm only about 110 pounds. But Kitty's got to come in at about 87. Okay. You know how those old dames get so thin you don't even know how they stand? But for some reason, they're incredible at tennis. Yeah. They like crush Oh, well, she never them. misses her tennis lesson. You know, so there's some kind of... Uh, there's a pill. There's a pill. There's a. Well, there's always a pill with Kitty. There's a. There's a peptide. I feel like it's yeah. an injection. And there's a pep pill. I feel like there's there's a freezer in the yeah. in the garage. She's got a legal stem cell. That's it. Right. That's it. Yeah. Um. I think she's got an invention going. That's mm-hmm. some kind of visor that turns into a mirror to do your makeup. That yeah. has a fan on the side. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that she can be out in it's, the we, we, world. We, she calls it the everything. And it's just everything. It's called the everything. And it's a mirror and it's a fan and it talks to you and it plays songs and it puts your makeup on for you. And that's how Kitty just spends the first. Now it does take four hours. But who, what else are you doing? What else are you doing? Who doesn't want to relax and listen to some time in between writing thank you notes? Thank you. Exactly. And never misses. I feel like never misses a thank you. The desk of thank you notes. Yeah. I feel like stamps. And it says from the desk of Kitty. From the desk of Kitty. And a lot of these letters are going to where? There's uh, going to give feedback on service from companies. Yes, but also service from the last party she went to. So she's also connected with the Vanderbilts and the Rockefellers and the DuPonts. So she knows that whole crowd. Yep. So it's like, dear Alicia DuPont, <laughs> what you have done with the sunroom is utter stunning. Like, it's just a lot of complimentary, you know, so it's almost mostly, as incredible as how many chemicals you yeah, put, put into, into our, the Appalachian water. Our body. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> is I feel like she her best friend is like her like dental assistant. Yeah. She's got like a best friend. It's not hairs too. You know, it would, be, it would be like a young Debbie Rowe, mm-hmm. like whoever is the plastic surgeon's assistant who also is available to give her eggs to a random. <laughs> let's just go with asexual celebrity. Right, right. What are her super? By the way, who's asexual these days? Like who's been asexual since Michael Jackson? Remember, that was the whole thing with him. Like, he's just, he's not gay or straight. He's asexual. Was that his thing? I, yeah. Uh, no, that wasn't his, like, real thing. Right, right, right. This is his thing thing. Yes, yes, yes. But he was just the face of his empire. I don't, have I told this story on the podcast is about Chalamet the Is Chalamet asexual? No, I feel like he always has... Timothy Chalamet? Yeah. I mean, with that chin, he but better he be... like a chick. Let's just be honest. He looks he's, like a chick. I think there's an effeminization of right, a man of actors. Right. But I, I always wonder, though, I'm always going, like, where has this happened before? He reminds me a lot, and he is doing the... Um, uh, not Charlie Chaplin. Oh, uh, Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Yeah. He's, um, uh, Johnny Depp was like that though. Yeah. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was like but that. But the thinness is what makes him so fashion forward. Mm. Like he's so skinny like a model. Yeah. He can wear chick clothes yeah. or dude clothes right off the runway. I just think we had like a window of, of um, actors that looked like men you'd actually like see. In the, well, just we had Seth Rogen. We had um, right. uh, Jason Segel. For a minute there, we had just guys that looked like. I was like, going with Daniel Craig, but okay. Okay. And Rock. <laughs> 
you know, I just mean like guys that just looked like, you know, human beings. And right, now we're right. back to like cyborg. He's a waif. Poreless. Third waif yeah. is still appropriate. Yeah. He's a waif. And I think there's an androgyny. Yeah. Um, I, I, androgyny versus asexual. I don't really know the difference. Um, no, Chalamet is not asexual. He's not trying to even. Right. No. Yeah. Like I think he's a whore. He's like he's like with a lot of chicks. So I call guys like that whores because they've called us whores for so long. I love calling guys whores. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy. Y'all, I'm telling you, I normally talk about why therapy is so helpful and how I'm in it and how much it's helped me. But this episode, I'm going to tell you about how I went without it for four weeks. Um, and let me tell you, it was a mistake. I Because you get to a certain stage where you're going to therapy regularly, your life starts to get better, you start to get saner, things start to get clearer. And then you're like, I got this, dude. I got it. It's fine. I'm busy. I'm going to be out of town. I'm going to have sketchy Wi-Fi at the hotel. Let me tell you, two weeks, no therapy. Texted two exes. One of them on WhatsApp. Shady. Okay. I agreed to do two podcasts when I had already set the boundary that I'm going to take the rest of the year off of doing other people's podcasts until I'm promoting my special next year. So check me out on those. Uh, <laughs> Rick Glassman and Trash Tuesday <laughs> coming out soon. And Pat, where are we? Where? So I skipped therapy for four weeks. Do you want to just put in the Rick Glassman Trash Tuesday thing? Yeah. I had skipped therapy for four weeks because I was like, I got this. I'm healed. What's a month off? Cut to me buying a Nirvana shirt in Urban Outfitters. So the reason it's important is I already have 10 Nirvana shirts. Second, I literally, without talking to a therapist every week, started regressing into being a teenager, like emotionally Therapy keeps me in my adult, right? Because like people talk about your inner child coming out and, you know, having a histrionic reaction because your inner child. People don't talk about your inner teenager. My therapist taught me about this when you're being petulant or you're, you know, have some kind of activated reaction to somebody and it might be an authority figure. A lot of times that's your inner teenager, right? Our inner teenager comes out. So my inner teenager was like, "Eh, I don't want to work. I don't want to do this. You know, I mean... I guess I was pregnant as a teenager, so maybe that's why. I don't know. I'm starting to (laughs) pattern recognition, right? So then I'm like in my petulant, bratty teenager, and I'm like, I'm going to go buy my Nirvana shirt because nothing matters, you know? And look, being in your inner teenager is not cute. Nobody wants to fight with the person who used to think the spin doctors were cool and still kind of (laughs) does. Going without therapy in scientific terms, it's like... It's like when you're using your dryer a lot and you forget to clean out the lint. Sorry that that looked so sexual with my finger, but, you know, and then, you know, your dryer doesn't work as well. And then your clothes are all damp and then you smell like swamp and someone you walk in some someone's like, is that a wharf? Did a wharf just, you know, therapy cleans the lint out of your brain. OK, gets as my dad used to say, get the out of your ears. <laughs> The lint that tells you you should post a bikini selfie to make an ex jealous during work hours. Don't do it. Therapy, quite simply, is like going to the gym for your brain. You work out all the guilt, the shame. You release your magical thinking. You say out loud your worst ideas of what you think you should be doing. You build the muscles of not doing dumb things that are a negative contribution to your future self. You heard me say it before, and I'm just going to keep pounding this drum till you do it, y'all. Um, so talk to a sane person. And, uh, you know, don't don't talk to your friends who are self-proclaimed life coaches who 
also happen to be crashing on your couch. That's not the person you should be getting life advice from, okay? No more making wackadoo choices as an adult. Therapy helps with this. Sorry, there's too much here oh, and Yeah, you skipped it. That's okay. Well, it's okay. I just I just wanted to skip it. it. Yeah. Therapy is about making less wackadoo choices. Want to be less wackadoo? Betterhelp.com. Want to be in less pickles? Betterhelp.com. Want to have less emotional humdingers and less jams? Betterhelp is your guy. No more pickles, no more jams. Thanks, Betterhelp. I, have I told the story about Michael Jackson and the cake on this podcast? I don't remember. Let's go. Go. So, <laughs> so I know someone that directed Michael Jackson in a music video. This must have been, it was during, it was after the Naomi Campbell one. Yeah. You know, the famous, famous one when his videos were a really right, big deal. Right. And it was lunch. Because I was like, tell me everything about Michael yeah. Jackson. And he was like, my take on Michael Jackson, he was just like a six-year-old. You know, they say you are the age you are yeah. when you became traumatized. Sometimes right. you freeze or you freeze at the age you become famous. Yeah. There's all these theories. I don't know them are scientifically backed. But it was like, he's so young emotionally. Yeah. You know, it was like dealing with a child who is brilliant mm -hmm. and in a man's body. And I was like, tell me more. I need more. And yeah. he was like, well, lunch happens. There's 45 minutes for lunch. He goes into his dressing room. He has food delivered. It's like this big box. Mm -hmm. We're like, it's sushi. It's whatever Michael Jackson eats, yeah. you know? And um, 45 minutes passes. He's still in there. They really have to like get mm -hmm. a shot off. Um, this was before he caught his hair on fire with the Pepsi commercial. Which remember? I was an extra in. No. Yeah. I was an extra in that Pepsi commercial directed by Bob Giraldi. Yes. Wild. I was an extra. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I want to loop back on that because I, <laughs> my now lawyer, was there that day and was like, "Give me the uh, film, whatever you would wow. say. Give me the reels, like because they were rolling on. It was wild. Yeah. And so, um, it's you know an hour passes, an hour and a half passes. They're like, we got to get him out because yeah. we got to shoot this thing. So someone just opens the door. It's unlocked. What had been delivered to him was a sheet cake, and he had torn through the sheet cake and in the sheet cake were little figurines of like little like a king cake people king cake like yeah like a new orleans king cake where there's a doll inside it's like a traditional thing go ahead horrific yeah um that has a full baby in it yeah and so it was all these little tiny figurines and he was just playing with them and it had been delivered in a cake wait do we think he ate the cake or was just going to get the figurines? He was just playing with the figurines. Okay. So they said the cake seemed like it had just been destroyed, but not really Right, not eaten. eaten. Okay. A lot I got to meet him one time. Uh, later on, I was doing this thing where I had they had to teach me to dance. It was this thing called Medusa Dare to be Truthful that Julie Brown, remember the redhead Julie Brown from MTV? She yes. was playing Madonna. And Downtown she was really funny. No, the, uh, the Caucasian Julie Brown right. with red hair. And I got to be one of the backup dancers and I was the only person in the backup dancers that wasn't a real dancer. So they had to give me dance lessons because I was so bad. So the girl teaching me was this girl named Smith Wordies and she was the girl in the Smooth Criminal where Michael does like one dance with a girl. So ironically, John Landis was shooting the video for Black and White right in the same studio. Mm. So I got to go the day before he was going to show up. And the choreographer was a guy known as Vince Patterson, brilliant guy. And he did all the choreography. And he's like, do you want to watch the choreography before Michael gets here tomorrow? I was like, mm -hmm. oh, my God. It blew me away. Yeah. It was so difficult. I was thinking, how can he learn this in a day? Okay. So he doesn't show up the next day. He was, and this is before internet, even much less social media. It was in like the LA Times the next day that he was at the, I'll never forget this so random, the Westfield Mall at like Pico and Westwood with um, um, Emmanuel Lewis. 
Hmm. which is very asexual. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so um, he just like went shopping and he came the next day and the catering. Amy Lewis Webster. Yes, Webster. First I thought it was a boxer. Great. Okay. So how yeah, he was, was shopping Lewis. with a boxer. He, I don't, I, that is not what asexuals do. I don't follow famous children and I don't follow sports. <laughs> so the wires crossed. All right. So he um, showed up the next day and the catering was all vegan. And he did have delicious um, fried tofu, which I had had tofu for the first time and became a convert. But um, he came into the lunch area and this girl Smith, because she knew him, went in to talk to him. So I got to like say hi to him. But during their conversation, the thing that blew my mind, his voice was totally low and normal. Whoa. He talked like this. He didn't talk like, I want to thank everybody. He was joking with her. Like, I don't mean he was a comedian, but like joking around in like a grown up way. And clearly she was somebody he really liked and respected and stuff. And I was like, oh, oh. And I'm not saying like, oh, he's super butch and straight. Like, I don't, whatever. But I thought that was fascinating. Whoa. And there was something that made him make what I actually think was a bad decision to do that affectation of that voice. But it was really interesting to hear him talk. It's mm-hmm. like the first, it's like when Paris Hilton decided to do her real voice. Right, right, right. And I love her, by the way. Yeah, and I know great. you love her. You know, it's funny. I try to explain to my younger friends the the vibe in the 90s and the aughts mm. you almost had to live through it to yeah. even get it and that the edict to comedians was to be the most vicious possible mm. and look we called it roasting yeah and it was the assignment and was- so i look back on my specials or whatever and of course like i wouldn't say half the stuff i said then but the only thing i defend is we still were making fun of, because I'll do the women thing, because that's what I feel guilt about. But we were making fun of girls, girls, women that were multi, multi-millionaires, genetically blessed beauty. At the time, it didn't feel like punching down. No, it was punching. It was, By the like, way, it was punching up. I'm yeah. sorry, but like, if you saw the famous time cover of Brittany, Lindsay, and Paris leaving the nightclub... Lindsay, you know, Lindsay looked wasted in the photo. They were probably underage for whatever club they were leaving. Paris was driving, so she maybe wasn't um, wasted. I don't know. But and then Brittany looked whatever out of it or drunk or something. And it's like, I still will defend my right to go. Hold on. Mm. These are girls that number one can certainly afford to have drivers. Right, right. Like, one thing that cracked me up about that era, everybody was constantly getting in trouble because they drove themselves everywhere. Right, right, Almost right. Like late nineties before girls. Uber, yeah. Right. These girls drove themselves and guys. So you know, people were <laughs> Pete Davidson style running their cars into houses, <laughs> getting busted for coke all the time. But it is Pete Davidson. R- r- he r- ran his car into a house. Oh, yeah. I, it, he so he stole an Anne Hage bit. Yeah. He took Anne's back wow. and he just picked a different house hmm. and lived. It was, I mean, I was writing on a talk show during that time, Last Call with Carson Daly. Um, don't be jealous. And yeah, <laughs> that was it. I mean, Leno, Letterman, all of it. It'd be like, who's going to do the Lindsay joke tonight? Right. Who's going to do the Paris joke? And it was right. always like their crotch was showing, getting out of a yeah. car. It was sluts, whores. By the way, but it was. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just saying mm-hmm. it was the time of the thong yeah. and it was the time of... 
the low rise jeans oh that were so low there was, it was pubic the bone the sex tape that yes. was new that we were watching yeah. people have sex yeah you know that were famous right and it was like what are we going to not make i mean and look and i come from a place where you know i come from a home where we all bust each other's balls we do roast each other Same. nothing's off limits to this we, day yeah by the way. i mean when i had an eating disorder as a mm -hmm. teenager my family joked about me and you know sort of stuff you look yeah. like an auschwitz victim you look like this that like it was like that's what we joked about totally you exactly. didn't joke about stuff that had nothing to do you went to the core and we didn't realize we were you know traumatizing someone right. or in retrospect now yeah. punching down and i think that comedians like you know i'll speak for myself or the female comic like we feel like such losers yeah. that the idea that we're making fun of the girls that we feel like don't think we're cool or would never want to hang out with us and we're just kind of going like oh she's never even going to hear this right and like i'm sure she would think this is funny or you know right. you don't realize like oh what if one of these people has a substance abuse problem no one knew paris had gone through some yeah. boarding school where oh my abused, god that story you know her documentary on, on youtube is really good too and, yeah brilliant and i also think nobody understood the trauma of fame like no we one didn't have the, the word no one trauma. at the time it was used for like er nurses 100 that's it. And no one was like, oh, this person who was born into money or this person who's famous could yeah. possibly be, be traumatized by fame because we're right. all trying to get it. But it was always the dude that released the tape. Like, that's the other thing is they these girls had to deal with then those dudes lying and saying, oh, she leaked it or she wanted it out mm -hmm. there. No. And there was no not. way to corroborate. There was no way for, you know, right. one of these girls to go on IG Live and like clear it up. You know, Or if just, they did, they weren't believed, you know? Yeah. But I remember when I hosted the... Joan Rivers Comedy Central Roast. I remember Joan wanted me to do it because we were pals. And I think she thought in this Hunger Games environment, mm. maybe you can sort of protect me. And I did get to tell a couple like sort of heartfelt moments with her and stuff. But it was definitely weird. The jokes that were pitched to me written by dudes and they were all dry vagina jokes. And Joan was already doing them about herself. And that's already funnier. But... I remember people canceling. I don't know if you remember this, but they always canceled last minute. Uh, Lily Tomlin canceled, mm -hmm. and I actually called her up and I was like, "Look, some of the big names are canceled." That's how I got on it. <laughs> no, but Joan was like, "I don't want all people I don't really know very well. Yeah. I've been around so long, and this is before Roseanne went QAnon, but Roseanne was still Roseanne, and Roseanne canceled." And I called Lily and I said. Do you think you can come? Like Joan kind of really wants you to be there. And and Lily said this thing that always stuck with me. And she goes, don't you think Joan's been roasted enough? And I really did feel dirty doing that roast. I really did. I and I mean, I didn't know. And I had no idea. For me, it was like paycheck. For me, it was if you're here, you must want to be right, here. Right. I had no clue. I had no. Well, remember, they go, it's an homage. And Joan kept saying afterward, she's like, yeah, they kept telling me it was an honor. She's like, oh, yeah, an honor. But I remember that Lily saying. And I thought, yeah. Like, and I, to this day, I actually still think the Pam Anderson one is fair, mm -hmm. even though she's got a great story that we now know. But. She also sort of made a character mm -hmm. that was a character that right. I, I, for one, didn't think she was really the girl from me. You know, I think the the Shatner one was fair. Like, mm -hmm. I, obviously, I think the Trump one was fair. Like, there's somewhere you go, okay, this person has kind of put themselves in a situation right. 
And some of them just kind of didn't make sense. And I think that because I wrote for the roast for so long mm-hmm. and then was on them for a while and now just rebooted them on OnlyFans TV. But the yeah. way we did it was like super loving that our rules were no women are old, no dry yeah. vagina stuff, no yeah. guys have small dicks, like no you're a pedophile if you're not actually, you right. know, stuff like that. Like we had because, you know, I, it was it's shocking to me you know, that people got hurt on yeah. these because I'm like, this is a job. We're joking. Yeah. I'm in the writer's room. I'm right. writing the jokes and I know they're not true. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm going, oh, what do we say about Lisa Lampanelli? Yeah. Can't say she's not hilarious. Right. Can't say she's not right. successful. She's one of my heroes. So I guess yeah, okay, yeah. everyone always talks. She talks about dating black guys. I guess we're doing the black guys. Right. Show. Right. It, to me, it was like always just like a like a Rubik's cube of yeah. like, what's the math? Of yeah, it? yeah. And I was too young at the time to know like, oh, sometimes people have to put themselves in humiliating situations, mm-hmm. either to pay a tax bill or to yeah. stay relevant or at the time, because the people that signed up to do them, I feel like they became so beloved yeah. for doing it. It was like this shame release. And also that it's actually really nice, the structure of those where they got their comeback at the end. Yeah. And whether it was a Shatner that was going to do written material or a Joan that wanted to write her own, like that was always the saving grace of the whole thing yeah and luckily joan was such a crusher her set really did do better than everybody's period you know and it it crushed me when i watched her documentary piece of work and it was like Uh in the limousine talking about how much she was dreading it yeah how humiliating it was how as female comedians you know people want to see us you know get on and denigrated and they don't want to see us shine and they don't want to see us win and i was like oh my god like it really yeah, I was embarrassed, you know, but then it was like, you know, I did Hasselhoff after that. Um, well, yeah. Fair. Yeah, and, Come on. Like, but, I just I just don't think David Hasselhoff cried for two days. I just don't. 100%. I just don't see that 100%. Happening. I'm saying do it feels yeah. like, you know, it was, um, yeah, I just in my head at the time, it's like Joan doesn't do anything Joan doesn't want to do. Like, I'm just saying like in the 90s and aughts, we did not have that sense of Hasselhoff fair. This person, eh, yeah, not really. Yeah, but it was kind of like who's ever hot, who's yep. ever game. Yep, and I, I think we're getting better about that. Mm-hmm. Look, I have to be told. I don't mean to sound like in those days, but I do have to be told sometimes, like what not to say and everything. Yeah. I welcome it. Yeah, because I don't want somebody leaving in tears. And yeah, I yeah. Want somebody that goes home and goes, wow, I went to a comedy show to have fun and this happened, you know, or whatever. And we play rough. And I think yes. that my biggest problem with the roast at that time is uh, making a sports metaphor here. Hopefully it's correct, which is, you know, in MMA, you would never put a heavyweight with a featherweight. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what a lot of those roasts end up doing. Yeah. It's like you put Pam Anderson with Greg Giraldo. Like, right. what are yeah. you doing? Like, yeah. why is, you know, Kate Walsh with, you know, uh, Jeff Ross? I mean, yeah. he did great on whatever roast that she did. So to me, it was like all killers only. Yeah. And then let's all get together and go like what we do in the green room. That's all fair. We're right. never trying to hurt each other. We do it as soon as money gets involved. All of a sudden, we're like going so no, hard. No, it was weird when they would throw in like straight actors and actresses, and, and then, I, I always felt for them. And they were always nervous as hell. Go, of as course, they should be. Yes, as they should be. And I didn't at the time. I didn't know, like, because I was getting paid two thousand dollars. Yeah. So I didn't know how much everyone was. Yeah, making. yeah. So I'm like they must be making a hundred million dollars right. or something, right. <laughs> or they must have some deal where they can cut things out. I don't know because having been in the writers' room at the roast before, mm-hmm. we would write all these jokes, and then the producer would say, "You can't say that. You, the, you know, the daughter's off limits." Yeah. Remember, it was like uh, for Shatner, the dead wife in the pool was off limits. Yeah. For there was always like an off limits you know right. for joan it was uh her daughter Alyssa, and Cooper, yeah. as you know yeah yeah so it was like we had to abide by all these rules yeah. so by the time we got there i was kind of like oh i guess this is all yeah above board you mm-hmm. know but yeah there was a lot of stuff that i feel like you know was going on um right 
hair, you know, you start going for women, they start going for physical stuff. Yeah, I think always. It, it always seems Still. a little bit rougher, yeah, you know, for sure. Um, and like, it's always like the older you get, the less sex you have. It's like, yeah, what I is know. this? Like, I, don't I don't know what this is. Do you, know. You've seen the comeback with, uh, of course, Lisa I Kutra. love it. To me, that Brilliant. is after seeing that, it yeah. really made me understand that dynamic of what we do. Yeah. In this business. And God, does she nail those dramatic scenes as well? Like as much as she's innately funny and talented, she that's what you, that show needs. She the needs best. somebody to be able to hit those. At the end when here. she does a, a one take of talking about being on the field hockey team yeah. and having the rod in her back is just you know. Can I ask you, um, on that note, yes, and we can cut this out. One time I went to your home, yeah, and you had speaking of just hot, slippery sex, mm -hmm. your bed had these lucite bars on them. Right. And I was like, that is such a cool bed. And you're like, oh yeah, that's for sex. I was like, and I didn't, I never knew if you were serious or not. I was. Now I didn't build it for that, but it became that. Okay, got it. So I built a headboard that this is like so 90s. It was like sparkly vinyl or some crap. <laughs> and there were lucite bars so you could see through because there was really cool wallpaper. Oh, and I cool. just thought it would look not like a big, massive headboard, but it had high ceilings. And I remember, you know, banging some guy and being <laughs> like, oh, I can like reach right back. And so I'm not saying there was anything weird, but let's just go a straight missionary. It's nice to ground yourself. Yeah. And please use this. Yeah. And by the way, let's talk about sex. I don't tell you why. Because like I said, I'm 62 and there's like this thing going around with my girlfriends my age where they're saying proudly like, and if I never have sex again, that'll be a day too soon for me. Don't put me in your club. Yep. Like I went to a girlfriend's house and she actually made a point to say she's gay, but she said about her partner, she's like, oh, we have separate rooms. I mean, I have been closed for business for a long time. And I'm, she's like, right? And I'm like, no, no, don't write me. Mm -hmm. No, no. I, God knows my parents never talked to me about this, but I don't know how that even started where people think there's like an age where you stop. Actually, your testosterone goes up as a woman as you get older. I don't know. I'm still on a hormone patch because I still get night, pat night sweats, but I just don't. And I don't know if that's just like an old trope Yeah, yeah. that girls bought into sure. or if it's that guys aren't attracted to women over a certain age. But like, I I don't I don't uh, sign on to that. Yeah, I just think the longer you have sex, the better you are at it, the more you know what you want. And once again, they never say that about guys. Yeah. You never hear like, well, you better get him before he's 60. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, he is closed for business. Yeah. No. <laughs> Robert De Niro having a baby. No. How old's Robert De Niro? Like 78. That's like him being like, I want to have a kid, but only for like six years. Yeah. And that's all he'll need. Like, I don't want to I don't want to have right. to raise it. Right. You know, because once he starts drooling and the whole thing. Oh, I don't know if you have this yet, but I can't recommend it enough. I am in a small and I'm proud of this, but I have what's called a dementia condo plan. OK. OK. <laughs> so. So. By the way, I hate to see. You you know where this is going. So I I I am actually Canada said no. Yeah, if your Canada said no, I'm not welcome there. I'm barely welcome here. But um only in the blue cities, but I am sort of okay. So once again, I did steal this idea from Dear Dear Departed Joan Rivers, because she had a dementia condo plan with get ready, Cindy Adams, 
Barbara Walters and Judge Judy. I confirmed it. Judge Judy was not going into a condo. She's got three yachts. Here's the thing, though. They would fight over whose house they would get, even though they'd all have dementia, so they wouldn't know. (laughs) And Joan said they would save money on the caregiver and the dog walker because they would never know who was in and where. But... Barbara Walters had the Doris Duke apartment, so that has certain cachet, uh-huh. but Judge Judy has more money than the Almighty. Okay. I've seen the Almighty's receipts, and she doesn't come close to Judge Judy. Anyway, so here's my 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 dementia condo. It's a little- it's The golden hour, you. girls? Just- but remember, we've already we already have dementia at this point. Okay. So it's not even really like we see each other or know each other is there. Yeah. Which is why you have to pick rich people because you do want to be comfortable when you're, you know, yeah, leaking. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, my dementia condo is Sia. Okay. Yeah. Our great. mutual friend Sia. Yeah. Uh, Chloe Kardashian. Okay. And Chris Jenner. <laughs> I think that's solid. This isn't going to be live streamed, though. I feel like if it's yeah, it might the be. Kardashians are there. She might. Don't forget think, the cameras no, are there. It's fine. By the way, we also get hair and makeup every day, like Sonny Von Bulow. <laughs> so we're laying there for the most part immobile, and we still get full glam. And I think we should definitely live in Chris's place because she's going to have, you know. I also think Chris will be the last to get dementia yeah. because I think her motor skills. We'll remember how to print money. So she'll <laughs> still, her room will be like, click, 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 click. She's going to have the money printing machine, which I've seen. I do think those skims help with circulation to the yes. brain. There's something going on. And she probably has like 114% of skims. Yeah, exactly. There's some kind of shady. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't need to number. skim off the top. She's just got it all. Oh, we're also going to own a church okay. so we can get everything tax free. Remember when Katy Perry bought a church by accident? No, no. We're, we, we're going to buy people. Okay, got it, got it. We're not just buying a building. We're buying Smart. Humans. So this it's is not like tech trafficking technically, but it is it's a church alt. A call church alt. Okay. Church alt. <laughs> so that means Chris has enough relationships to make like all the local authorities look the other way. Yep, yep, yep. Although, sure. and this is really, really sick. I don't know if you have this with your guy yet, but my husband who's 18 years younger. I, this is so twisted. I can't help fantasize about his wife when I croak. Because let's not kid ourselves. He's not going to outlive me. No way. And so I want him to be with Chloe. I think (laughs) she's very sweet. She is. Discussed it not with her, but with him. She is. When I was trying to rescue a giraffe in Malibu during the Woolsey fire, he reached out to me before anyone. With a leash? With that. What does that mean? <laughs> Here's a lasso. All right. So um, I think that Chloe and my husband, Randy, would be happy. Okay. Once again, I'm basically, I, but here's the thing. I don't want to live that long. If yeah. I go today, I'm ready, honey. Yeah. It's, it's time. And I, oh, the other thing I'm upset about, I don't know about you because you're with child or it's a bit, um, <laughs> but um, I am livid. That I'm still alive for the fucking apocalypse. Isn't it weird I, that we were chosen for this? No, it's it is. I'm livid mm-hmm. about it. Like I can't tell you how pissed I am. Mm. And we'll get back to the dementia dream home soon. But just know that's a solid group. Yeah. And um. And then in L. in California. I don't know. And I, don't I feel like I feel like most half my friends are talking about uh, the other. Most of my friends are talking about bunkers. They're like, there's the bunkers. Oh, they're already in the bunker. They're looking at bunkers. They're looking at bunkers. Okay. Kentucky. They're going underground. Hey, I'm going to be, I'm just going to go out there. One more 
well, wildfire, and I'm just going to go out there just naked, <laughs> arms up. Take me more, Tim, is my big day. And there's many days where I just ask my husband to just walk me to Point Doom and just throw me into the water and call Chloe. I said, they're not going to find me for weeks. Weeks. But yeah. You're so I, light, you would just keep watching yes, that kid. I'm there's go, no way. I tried to, to go out and so am I. I'll go to Catalina, float there for a while. And so, um, Have yeah. Have you I'm, made a will? Of course. Really? You know, I like, haven't yet, and I know I'm supposed to. Okay. I know. Is that crazy? Okay. What? Okay. I know. I, the problem is that this, this point, is very upsetting for me. Well, I'm so, okay. Very upsetting. I'm sorry. First of all, now I have to put you in touch with Susie Orman. That's how this works. Twist my arm. Okay. Susie Orman will hook you Please up. Please don't. I'm still good friends with Susie Orman. If your readers don't remember the Susie Orman show, hey, girlfriend, denied. Right? She had that show on CNBC. We're still like besties. Money genius. She's money genius. She's never steered me wrong. Every piece of advice she gave me, gave me, I took. All this other stuff. She had but, you leave all your money to her? She yes, is smart. Which was wise. <laughs> um, by the way, I should get her in the dementia condo. What am I thinking? Yeah, you should. Bye-bye, Chloe. <laughs> you know, bye-bye. Gotta cut some, I got to trim the fat, honey. Somebody's got to go. It's not my choice. And so, yes, you need a living revocable trust. And you need a plan for who can take care of your affairs if you become incapacitated and in any way. And a really, I think one way that, re- well, um, Jamie Spears. <laughs> oh, can I be your conservator? Okay. <laughs> no, Brittany's dad. Yeah. So he's <laughs> he, in he charge. He provides drugs the yeah, whole time. He's in charge. Like- <laughs> He'll give you all the good meds. <laughs> um, but... You, number one, have to do it so that if something happens to you, your animals go to somebody yes. that isn't crazy, yeah. right? And yeah. then the problem is I still think of my will right now and doing it, like, as a bit. That that I would do a bit. Right. I would, like, leave, like, half my money to, like, an ex who, yeah. <laughs> or something stupid. And by the way, you can be as detailed as possible. You yeah. can decide, I'm going to give my Kathy Griffin poster. And that is kind of weird. You have a giant Kathy Griffin poster. Yeah, is it? Like, okay, super fan. <laughs> um, or, or you can just be like... Okay, I'm going to leave it all to, you know, X charity and this person. But the first thing you just have to do is you just have to get a general one at least and you have to decide who's your who's who's in charge. Who's you would know the answer to this. Yes. What happens when someone leaves 10 million dollars to their cat? It goes to the person who is the conservator of the will. So if you didn't assign a person, like there's a documentary about this called Gunther's Millions, where somebody leaves a bunch of millions to their dog. And then, of course, you find out the dog's handlers get everything because that's how it would go. So the court, first of all, you'd be in probate forever. And the number of people fighting to get your state would be ridiculous. But chances are, I know this is crazy, They, the court might go, well, who spent the most time with the dog? So your housekeeper would be making out like a bandit. Ooh, I like that. Or whoever is in, yeah, or leave to her. Yeah. But that's what happens when people leave money to an animal. Like when I think... Um, Elizabeth I, Taylor, I thought, did Somebody it. left, yeah, it really, it really goes to the person. And usually it's even delegated how much they're going to give to the maintenance of this part of the animal's life. Sometimes people... I have it so that if when that animal passes away, they want the person to get a new similar like type of dog and make that like Gunther the second, you know, that sort of thing. Wild. I know. So, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, this is wild because um, Michael Jackson actually abused his animals. Really? I mean, he didn't. The Bob Dunn did. But uh, he left two million dollars to his chimp bubbles. But I 
uh, he, it was there was more than one bubbles. There was many of them. Interesting. Yeah, because you can't keep a chimpanzee as a pet. In yeah. food. They would keep them in these um, cages so that they weren't oh. able to develop muscles or anything. Oh, my God. Um, this is really interesting. Oprah Winfrey, 30 million. Uh, she was once quoted as saying that if her home were to catch on fire, one of the personal possessions she would grab is a photo album of her five dogs, and that she would give 30 million to her dogs. Okay. That's that's high. That's Pumpkin. a lot of money. Oh, yeah, Gunther. Yep, pet Gunther. Yeah. 80 million. Yes. Carlotta Libenstein. Yeah. Whoa. Who supposedly was nobility, although I think that's in question. But yeah, there's a whole doc series about exactly what happened to Gunther's millions, literally millions. It's called Gunther's Million. Wow. Yeah. And so it went to the handlers, and the implication in the doc series is that they were not very responsible with it. And by that, I mean they straight up started a sex cult. And by the way, always go does to every, sex cult. But does every cult have to be a sex cult? I think so. I think Can't that's a whole just point. Be, no. Remember the old suicide cults? See, that was something I could wrap my brain around. Just put on the Adidas sneakers <laughs> and that's it. But always with the sex cult. I part. know. Remember the Nexium one where we thought it was about volleyball yes. and, then, and then it's about sex always. We thought it was simply mind control, but always write down branding. I think branding. even if you don't plan on it, I feel like you start a cult, then you're like, oh, there's all these people in my house and right. like, they keep asking me questions. I've watched everything there is to see about Nexium. It's so great. I know. There's still a couple of those gals that go and like serenade him. I have one of the Outside. tank tops from Spirit Week. What? I know. I'll show it to you. Nice. It's pretty wild. Nice. Yeah. Sarah Edmonds, Edmondson, who's on it, became a friend of mine, and we've like met and stuff. Yeah. I mean, fascinating. I love all. Have you seen the Duggars uh, docu series? No, oh. I've heard about it. Well, guess what they're tied to? Tell me. The sex cult. Why? They're, Why? they're part of Christianity as a certain sect that blah blah blah, and the minister. And as you're watching it, you're like, oh boy. Uh, that minister just has that sex cult face. <laughs> and sure enough, like episode three, they're like, and you're not going to believe what he did with the women. Like, let me guess. Always. Um, can I ask you about dating younger? Yes. My guy is 11 years young, younger than me. And, it, Please. and it's nothing. It's bothering me that it usually bothers the woman in relationships with a woman's older. My guess is it doesn't bother him. I didn't realize how... No, he loves it. I right. didn't realize how important it was to me to be able to have the same... To be able to sing along to the same music. Yeah. Like, it drives me nuts. When I'm like, you don't know Eve? Like, it just makes me nuts. And yeah. then I'm like, you, we don't understand each other. Like, music, I guess, to me, feels like such a shared set no, of emotions. I got lucky because my husband happens to be this weird, like, 80s music junkie. Whoa. And so when he plays those songs, I'm like, and I was there. <laughs> I was alive in everything. <laughs> How was seventh grade? I mean, it's only creepy when you think about when I was 20. Uh, like when I'm like telling him he who was Mitch too, Hedberg was, I'm just like, oh, too. this is such right, a bummer. Right, right, You know? You know, that's why God invented YouTube. Oh, yeah. What about oh. Twitter turning to X? Do you think it's really going to happen? It's supposed to happen today. Yeah, I think that Elon Musk will do anything. I mean, he's really wants to keep. He what is the? It was it PayPal. Good guy he, for you. I'm kidding. Elon, sure, no, I, no. I would love to be one of his handmaids. Oh, like one of his. I don't think my eyes are fine. You accidentally got pregnant. Yeah, and you don't even need to see him. Yeah, yeah, no, there's he. I mean, I everybody think I, wins. Yeah, he'll just put twins in you, but you right. have to look like an alien. It seems like right. that's the thing. That's the downside. You know, I'm not going to get dreadlocks or whatever his girlfriends need to do in order for him to. Yeah. Like, be interested yeah um yeah dating younger there's just like a couple of those things look the life experience stuff is real i mean that is something that actually took me years to get over mm -hmm. um and i it does take a while because like i said our our difference is great it's 18 years 
And I think unlike a dude, because I've known many, many guys with an 18 years younger girlfriend or wife, and the guys I know that are like that are wealthy and they really marginalize these women. Mm. Like, it's like, because, you know, guys think of me as a dude, like guy comics don't hit on me. They think of me as a dude. And so I'm often the only girl in the room with the wealthy older guy who's successful and he can relate to me and we're chatting. But often I'm like, well, you married her. Mm-hmm. Isn't she allowed in this room? Right. You know, so, and I think with older women and younger guys, that's not the case. Yeah. Like I have no desire to like sock my husband away somewhere because he just can't possibly keep up or right. I assume he wouldn't be able to contribute. I think that's more of a guy thing. So I'm honestly, I'm the perfect person to talk to because we've been together 12 and a half or years. Or he would just be like, help me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why the billionaires don't let their girlfriends in. Yeah. Because we don't want them to get a ride out of the state. Yeah, yeah. But once they're gone, they're gone. <laughs> the good thing about dating a younger guy is you're always like fascinating. Yeah. Like, uh, like I told him about Lorena Bobbitt the other day. Oh, my God. And blew his mind. Lorena yeah. Bobbitt, who cut off her husband pe- husband's penis John and then Bobbitt. threw it in a, in a field. Yeah. And then he ended up doing a porn. Well, they sewed it back on to the best of their ability. Yep. And then he went on and did a porn called yeah. John Bobbitt Uncut. It was right. this whole, or parts, like strange parts. Celebrity boxing. All I'm killing. I'm yeah. the most interesting person alive, yeah. but I just was there. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So it's kind of amazing. Yeah. He's like, how do you know all this? I'm like, right. I was like, I know Michael Lohan. <laughs> you know. So true. Um, something I want to talk about and get into as much or as little as you want. Uh, I am slowly admitting that I have been struggling with an addiction to weed and I have stopped. I know. Um, I think something's happening where people are starting to go like, oh, it's every a, a lot of people are going through this. Right. A lot of people are leaning on substances. A lot of people, you know, I never thought I would be someone that would be addicted to a substance because yeah. I was always addicted to work or. Also, I believe the weed pitch was it is non-addictive, which yeah, I don't they get you. I'm not sure what that's about. That was the Oxycontin to. pitch, too, from, yes, the, from pharmaceutical right, company. Right, right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I couldn't believe some of the thoughts that I was having about- Did it my- make you paranoid or yes. what were the downsides? Yes. I, first of all, a lot of people do really well on weed. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people whose personality is a match. Yeah. I'm already an intense person. Um, I'm already, you know, comics. I'm already skeptical. I'm already devil's advocate. I'm already, you know, let's find the Scientology boats person. Yes. You know, I'm already, I'd love to pick apart a conspiracy theory. Yep. I, lo- I want to, you know, see all the alien footage. Um, it And my mom died. And I, I think my biggest mistake with it was using it to check out instead of check in. I wasn't like, I want to be more creative. I want to go to this party and be social. Right, because I know, I remember talking to one comedian who takes, who smokes before a show. And I was like, doesn't we just knock you out? So I thought it was interesting. And I think this comic was using it to deal with anxiety, probably. Mm -hmm. But even though it does cause anxiety down the line, because it lowers your tolerance. So if I may ask, were you using it a certain time of day? Were you smoking? It was the gummies. It was the gummies. I tried a couple of times during the pandemic. And that was not a match for me because my brain on a gummy says that gummy didn't kick in. It didn't work. Oh, right. You need another gummy. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not. It's it's it, it cooked weird. Yeah. It distributed weird. Right. And I I don't feel anything. So you get you got more for get or got as you say from smoking. So smoking, I felt like I can control it. Right. It doesn't last as long. Yeah. You know, gummies are kind of this like you either doesn't hit at all or you're like 
on the four or five yeah. and then all of a sudden, you know, I mean, <laughs> in the wrong direction. Yeah, totally. So I was like, this just isn't for me. I, I think it's, you know, a lot of people I'm sure do well on them. Um, I think they just haven't figured out the dosage yet. Yeah. The way if you put. And I have. Well, I saw this like on 60 Minutes. So there you go. But I have heard that for some reason, weed is like way stronger than it was in the 60s, 70s, which I'm not sure how people measured, but the way that it is so much stronger now, the edibles, you know, because also you, an ease driver, it's the name of the weed delivery company. It's in their car. The the chocolates melt. You don't know how it's distributed, you know, and I think that to me, it was kind of boiling down to a gambling addiction, ultimately, which is the idea of like, once every four or five times, it would be great. Mm. I would think of a great joke. I'd have a great insight. I'd yeah. be self-aware. I would be forgiving everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, my abusers hurt people, hurt people. This yeah. is, I'm breaking ancestral cycles. I'm journaling. I'm cleaning my house. Yeah. Like I'm having great conversations with people. And then the other three or four times, I feel like I'd be super manic. You know, I'm falling behind. I'm never going to make it. You know, obsessing about some thing I said at a Comedy Central premiere eight years ago, this person hates you because you said that, you know, I just, it was like... Was there one thing that made you go, okay, enough? Like, was there one night or was there one thing where you're like, oh, I feel depressed all the time or like... I started losing things. I don't like being a mess. Yeah. I don't like not knowing where my shit is. Yeah. I don't like 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 being putting something in the calendar on the wrong day. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just kind of that person, mm-hmm. you know? And I found myself... um uh, one time I did give my dog the wrong medication and it wasn't, it's not like a super serious one. Yeah. Um, but I remember just being like, that could have been bad. Little right. things like that. There right. was a lot of that could have been bad. Yeah. And like, I feel like I just got a little bit of a yeah. warning. Now what about where are you on psychedelics? Because I'm also in recovery. I was a prescription pill addict. I still am an addict, but I'm in recovery. And you know, in the big book, Bob, uh, Bill W., who wrote the big book, um, does refer to and reference, I don't remember the psychedelics, mm-hmm. but psychedelics. Yeah. How do you feel about those? And do you feel like you would get relief from them? Or where are you with that? I took psychedelics. I took mushrooms on a live podcast once. It was so fun. I loved it. Mm-hmm. What It was the first time I had done it. I did LSD when I was like 11. It was a nightmare. That was like- Is LSD manufactured or is it like mushrooms? That- LSD is it's all chemical acid okay. is all chemical right so this was mushrooms the first time I ever did them I did it live on a podcast I felt like my brain was supercharged yeah I felt like I could see clearly I felt like I was funny I was having a good time who knows maybe I didn't read the room like you know but wait I, did you then watch it I thought it was funny. So you thought it was okay. I you were like brain, oh my god and then I got home and watched it like it I was thought okay. my brain was moving fast you were genuinely having fun and it and it reflected in the show. It wasn't like I felt like I was present. You weren't which I delusional don't... enjoying yourself being mean or anything right. like that. So you didn't look like a sloppy drunk. You were just fun and footloose and fancy for you. Okay. I think so. I think so. I mean I'm always So are you pro mushroom now? Not yet. It actually energized me a lot and made me think like today's the day that we're going to clean up the water in West Virginia. Not that that yeah. doesn't need to be done. You right, know? Right. Today's the day that that I'm going to make sure that Pearl Tatton, a woman that stood up at a slave auction in West mm-hmm. Virginia, uh, you know, and died for we're going to make a movie about her mm-hmm. and get her the justice she deserved. It yeah. made me very obsessed with justice mm-hmm. and what is right. And I think 
I already have a lot of compassion. Yeah. I already have a lot of empathy. And I think a lot of people take it to have compassion and empathy. Mm -hmm. So it kind of supercharged that and made me, you know, I, I've said it before, you know, on last week's podcast, like I scheduled a call with a maritime lawyer to try to figure out where the Scientology boats are. Yeah. You know, I was like, you know, so I'm like, is, does someone need to do that? Maybe. Does yeah. it need to be me? Probably not. You know, how but does one find a maritime lawyer? Who did I ask? Uh, so did you ask the ocean? I, the orcas came up, ran my boat, and then gave me a little piece of paper. <laughs> you know, so I found myself getting very obsessed with what is right. Yeah. And and it wasn't a self-righteousness. It was just a, I'm going to be the hero that does this. And um, I'm already a person that, you know, rescues dangerous animals and puts myself in really dangerous situations. And I was putting myself in very dangerous situations. Mm -hmm. I felt invincible. I felt like I had nothing to lose. Um, and I was doing it to try to numb myself, mm -hmm. which you would normally do with a prescription drug, but that's not what that drug does. I think mm -hmm. it actually makes you more sensitive. I think it makes you more conscious. I see. And I was trying to do the opposite. Yeah. I also... Um, Perhaps, you know, other people have experienced this. I think a lot of people take mushrooms to feel compassionate, to soften or feel feelings you don't normally feel, being vulnerable, whatever. I don't normally feel anger. Mm. And I had anger start coming out. Interesting. And Interesting. It, I didn't aim it towards anybody, but I, I, and I, my parents had just died, but I finally felt like to be like, I'm pissed at, I'm mm -hmm. mad. And I think I needed to feel that. And yeah. I, you know, but I was, instead of just crying or grieving or processing or talking to a therapist, I was like, oh, this is medicine. It's plants. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then you lose track. You're doing a little mushrooms and you're smoking weed to go to bed. Mm -hmm. And then you're, you know, and then the a big part of it that I think a lot of people don't talk about is that you don't get the quality REM sleep where you're really processing your subconscious stuff. So on um, weed or mushrooms, weed. I, okay. If you, I, I would smoke some indica to go to bed, and then you wake up eight hours later, just black hole of nothing. And now that I'm off everything, I'm having these really intense dreams, yeah. nightmares, night terrors. Fine, but at least it's like working out yeah. the subconscious stuff, you know. So I think I was using it to check out, and for the people that use it to heal, I think that's super awesome. But that's not how. And what about ketamine? The ketamine uh, drip, I've never done. And I think ketamine is all manufactured, Patrick? I, I believe so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. People think I'm like an authority on ketamine because I it, during the pandemic, I did a microdose of oxytocin and ketamine. It's a nasal spray. A lot of people, it, it is highly addictive. Um, uh, you, uh, I what's, did that, what's oxytocin? Oxytocin is what you feel, the love chemical. When you hug someone, when you have an orgasm, when you see your baby for the first uh -huh. time. So the idea of it is like the forgiveness formula. So the idea is like a little bit of ketamine, a little bit of oxytocin, you get on with a therapist and then you, you take it and then you start going, okay, this person that abused I me, see. I can forgive them. I forgive you, you forgive me. I now, forgive is them. that as radical as when I've had friends talk about a guided journey? A guided journey is that when there's a drip, and I think I think that's the drip, like so, the IV infusion. A lot of people said Neil Brennan has talked about this publicly about how much it transformed his life. Mm -hmm. A lot of people talk about, uh, you know, friends of mine that have gone through serious, like acute trauma, like their husband gets hit by a car and is just dead the next day. They have two kids. You yeah. go straight to this place, ketamine in your, and it helps you to be able to not want to mm -hmm. blow your head off. Yeah, kind of thing. I want to save that. For later. Yeah. <laughs> I want to, I like, I want to, this is how much of an addict I am. I want to save <laughs> drugs for yeah. what I know I'm really. How about for the dementia dream condo? Yeah, exactly. I can, <laughs> just have it going 24 I've never done heroin. I've never done cocaine. I've never oh, done. Let's do it. For sure. <laughs> when I'm at the condo, it's heroin. 
There's, it's, I mean, there's someone professor that microdoses heroin. Uh, and if you don't have an addictive personality and could do that, that's awesome. I just think that is it Professor Timothy Leary? I don't, <laughs> I don't know if he was honest about that. <laughs> but I think that the same way that we sort of, you know, watch Mad Men and we're like, remember when they would just have a three martini yeah, lunch? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, I'm just having a drink. The loose, it's like, I think we're kind of doing the same thing. We're using words like plant medicine. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's got medicinal qualities, mm -hmm. but if you're not, for me, like the ketamine nasal spray worked because I, I was working with a doctor I'm yeah. on with a therapist. There was like a goal of we're doing step work. Like we're, you know, um, uh, basically dislodging these crystallized resentments. Like we're melting this stuff that's poison. We're drinking poison, waiting for the other person to die. How do mm -hmm. we forgive these people? Not because they deserve forgiveness, because we deserve peace. Yeah. That was the part of program I just couldn't. And I think my body wanted to stay in uh, don't forgive this person to keep myself safe mm -hmm. and then this helped me go like you're safe you don't have to be mad at this person that hurt you 20 yeah. years ago and keep punishing everybody else and living at this war mentality you yeah. know i think i just had this mentality when you like, say person do you mean ellen don't <laughs> i'm kidding why can't i make I an innocent joke you can i love dude i'm the only person that makes jokes about ellen <laughs> oh thank god i don't make jokes about ellen every episode and everyone's like everyone just like goes under the table i'm it's like we're still scared of ellen yes i'm this is wild to yes. me we are yes people are like ellen was mean i'm like she used to make her staff crouch in a box for 40 minutes she's killed people to then i'm almost sure i'm not positive but i'm pretty sure she's killed people. all right back to the pot now have you found it difficult I, to stop or do you taper or what you know it's interesting the the reason i think it was so difficult for me to stop is that the damage i did when I was, you know, smoking a lot of weed and by damage, I mean, letting people, you know, maybe back in that were tricky or, you know, being late on a deadline. I then was like, well, I need to smoke weed to just cope with this so yeah. that I can stop smoking weed. Yeah. <laughs> that's what the that's what addiction does to you. Yeah. Your addiction's like, if I could just smoke a little weed, I can yeah. solve this problem. Right. I can solve this weed problem. Uh, this pesky weed problem. <laughs> and then you're like, the problem was it was vapes. Now if I just <laughs> I just need a pre-roll. Yeah. And then you're like, that wasn't the right pre-roll. Oh, damn. It, it shouldn't have tasted like Pop Tarts. Let me just do the adult. Like <laughs> so there was the whack-a-mole, yeah. you know? And it's also like weed is fun, you know? Mm -hmm. It might not have been fun for Pat when we were like editing. And I I, I think it's fun. <laughs> it made me be like, let's just do this crazy thing. Yeah, were you getting secondhand high? <laughs> No. Is that real? Does that really like if you're next to someone smoking? Yeah. You're really gonna feel a buzz. Really? See, I've yeah. never felt that. Huh? That I know of. It's hard to get me. Um, I, my guess is your brain is hard to get high to. Yes. My brain is hard Takes to get high. Hammer, yeah. People will see me. I remember Grace would be in here and she'd see me like smoking a pre-roll. She'd be like, how are you standing yeah. up? So I think I <laughs> metabolize weed very quickly, but then mm -hmm. when it hits, it hits. Mm. And then I felt like long-term, my brain was slower. So I think it, to talk about a real rock bottom for yeah. people like us to perform, I'll speak for yeah. myself, was like going on podcasts and like being, my brain being slower uh, and not being as funny as I'm yeah. capable of being. You miss it. And I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. Why am I making myself dumber? Was there an amount per day that you're like, okay, this is too much? Because I know gummies is grams. I don't know how the smoke right. stuff is measured. The smoke stuff, I kind of would, I'd get them in these, there's great, um, the problem is it's different every time. Mm. If you haven't eaten enough, if you haven't drank enough, if you didn't sleep enough the night mm -hmm. before, depending on what you're doing, yeah. you know, I couldn't get a consistent um, uh, results. Like a measurement on this will get me this high and this And then I'm like, I'm figuring it out. I'm doing research. Yeah, I'm an anthropologist of weed. Right. I mean <laughs>
Make sure to have peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Where's my Pell Grant? It's your all. It's yeah. like what I've seen in all my friends struggling to stop drinking alcohol. Yeah. And they're like, you know, I'm just gonna do rosé. Yeah, I'm not gonna drink. But water my drink. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it with some. I'm not seltzer. gonna drink till seven. No more brown liquor. Maybe ten. Yeah. Um. Can I ask about the prescription drug stuff? Yes. Did that just was it like a slow burn? This is so pitiful. Okay. So first of all, I know it's gonna sound cliche that I'm blaming everything, but honestly, it really did like start with the Trump thing, which was six years ago, six long years ago. And first of all, nobody, I, I like really started abusing prescription pills at like 56, which is so old, like late in life. It's ridiculous. But I will say this is what was really twisted. I would be given pills like occasionally for real stuff. And I remember when I was way back on like my life on the D list, they would have that like shady set doctor. They would give you like that fakey bullshit physical before each season to clear you. Mm-hmm. And I remember that guy introducing me to something called Provigil, which is kind of an alternative to Adderall at speed. And I was like, what's this? And he said, well, I'm going to give you, I think he gave me like Valium. And he said, this is to sleep. And then he said, this pill, we call a 10 a.m. meeting pill, because if you're groggy from the Valium and you have a meeting at 10 a.m., this will make sure you're peppy and, and um, you know, wide awake. Her vigil, most often used to treat excessive sleepiness caused by... You are the least sleepy person. Oh, I know. It's actually used for people that have sleep apnea, but was invented Narcolepsy. for B-52 bomber pilots, not actresses, okay, and comedians. So, but... He would give me those like every year, every six months or whatever. And I remember storing them in my, I had this massive safe. Mm. And I don't know why, but when I think back, it was like, that must have been my addict in training. And also, remember back in the day, you'd get 90 Vicodin from a doctor for having a broken nail. 90 Oxy. I didn't do a lot of Oxy because Vicodin was more my era for some reason, my drug era. I, a lot of people are not getting out from under these prescription medications. I yeah. mean, it's one of the biggest problems in our country right now. Thank God it was prescription and not, I mean. No, I thank God for Anonymous yeah. because I, when I overdosed, because I tried to take my life and I wrote my husband a note and it was awful and I have tremendous guilt about that. And I actually had to read a lot about. You said, sorry, you're just too old for me. I said, call Chloe now. <laughs> Um, and I, I honestly was so selfish in my addiction that, well, the cl- the cliche thing I thought is life would be better and easier, et cetera. But I had to read up later and I had a really smart doctor say, you know, there's a lot of research on what happens to the survivor of suicide, especially when it's, you know, a parent and a child or a marriage, which in our case, it's both, mm-hmm. but he's a little younger. No, but, um, that was something that I I learned through recovery because I just was kind of still thinking like, well, maybe it would have been better, you know, and I had to learn so much. It would have so, been better for him if you were gone. Yeah. I And I thought I've had a good run. I've had a good life. I've done the stuff I kind of want to do. Like, He's like, I, I really need to update like, the will first. I need to, <laughs> the living will is tight. Let me tell you, it is tight. I'm going to give a lot to your dog, though. In fact, millions. I'm going to give your dog millions and not to his handler. I mean, I'm going to make sure it goes right in his mouth. And so I was very fortunate that she found me a recovery helper because it was during COVID and they were 12 step based. And I luckily had enough friends in 12 step that I knew it wasn't scary. And I knew there wasn't a leader. 
So there was never going to be like a Joel Osteen, like right. one, like some mega church leader. And uh, I knew it was free. Yep. So I knew it wasn't going to be anything like, well, like a Scientology, pay this much and you get the next level of recovery. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the two saving graces of AA. And um, I, you know, met the person, the person who who came to my house for four months every single day piss tested me i mean seven days a week this person was an angel and this is when you attempted yes yeah, so and- i was on a psych hold like Brittany. so i was on a 5150 psych hold and um, did someone find you like yes i was i wasn't able to kill myself and the bad thing is I thought I took enough to die and I took enough to be so groggy. I walked out of the bedroom and then I fell down the stairs. So I didn't even throw to the stuff. I just fell, yeah. you know, and so, yeah, my husband. Sunset Boulevard reboot anyway. Kind of. Any Kitty would, would is as a <laughs> meeting in a hotel room for it. But anyway, um, and so I then called a couple doctors who were silly enough to give me their cell phone number. And then I just came clean and I said, look, I took like a hundred benzos and I tried to take my life, but all that happened was I think I have some injuries that probably should get x-rayed because I guess I'm going to live now. And so I went and when you're honest and you go to the ER and you tell them what you took mm-hmm. and that you wrote a note and why you're here, they put you on a cycle. And so I was under lock and key for 72 hours. Why do you think you were honest in that moment? Like, do you think it just some... It didn't even occur to me. Yeah. I don't know why, but like one of the doctors I actually knew pretty well. And the other doctor I had never seen outside her office, but I trusted her. So the the first guy I was like, well, I know this guy well enough to just be honest. It's Dr. And Drew? I, it's what? Dr. <laughs> Drew Pinsky, and he's in my car waiting for me. And so um, the other doctor, I, Leah, I was so... It did. I didn't know that you could be put on a psych hold if you said that stuff. Uh, I will say, in retrospect, <laughs> it was a rough three days, man. It was a long three days. And I was in, I was at Cedars and I was already upset I wasn't in like the Beyonce suite. And I remember looking up and there was a dust bunny on like the lighting fixture. And I remember legit thinking, I have got to call the concierge. <laughs> because they've got to get Consuela up here with somebody. By the way, that's from Marcus Welby, MD. But anyway, um, and legit thinking I could like call like to the front desk, Mm. you know. And the best part is the woman they had watching me, I legit thought she was like an enthusiastic nurse. And I would continually say to her, and God love her, she never corrected me, Arlene, you can... You can go. You've been sitting here for like hours. And I didn't know like there were <laughs> there like, was a 12 hour Eileen and then there was a 12 hour Lisa. And that's what they did. And I also one time just tried to leave and did not know the doors are locked from the outside. So I was like, click, click. Um, excuse me. Yeah. You got up to leave. What were you where were you going? I was gonna go home and just you know, fix it myself. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so I got hooked up with AA people that day and we, I went to like three zoom meetings a day. I still do zoom meetings. I love it. I have a home meeting and then I have another meeting I do twice a week. And I just, I can't, I know, I know I'm sounding like well culty, but it's not a cult. Don't be afraid. And, and what what did your brain resist anything when I first went into? No, steps? I have to say I, once I had, bottomed out that bad yep. where I was on a psych hold, I went, I'm done. Yep. I, also, like I said, I was 60. Mm-hmm. No, wait, 59. I was 59. So I'm like, what am I doing? 
Well, who, like I said, who becomes a junkie at what, 56? Mm-hmm. And then at 59, like wants to be like playing around with that crap. But it when you just... look back, because I go, how could I get addicted to something? Right. And, you know, that like the, what happened to me, you know, six months ago or it was, you know, brewing. And I'm like, yeah. me? Substances? Like out of nowhere? And yeah. then I look back and I'm like, ah, well, there was the food and then yeah. there was online shopping. And then yeah, there I have was food issues. Man, there, I have man it's issues. It's been whack a yeah, like, for sure. building towards this for, sure. for a while. Yeah, I had. I mean, look, my man issues were my twenties and thirties for sure. My food issues, I just, I told you earlier, started very, very young, and that stuff that I kind of felt like wasn't an issue anymore. So there was maybe a little time between the food issues kind of subsiding and the pills kicking in. Mm-hmm. So I think that fooled me into thinking I'm not just doing whack a mole right. or I'm not just transferring minute to minute to minute. But yeah, I. Look, I I I don't know if I have a comedy addiction, but I my instinct, I remember when I did a 50 city tour, I remember thinking I'm going to do 80 next year. Mm-hmm. Just, just do it if I can. Mm-hmm. You know, and then being in some of those gigs like I am just exhausted. Yeah. I do not know why I thought this was a thing. No one asked me to do 80 cities. Mm-hmm. This was all my idea. And when someone, you know, how do you know when you're addicted? What helps me is, number one, when it makes your life unmanageable. Number right. two, when it stops being a choice. Yeah. And number three, when it stops being fun. Yeah. So when I was doing that kind of touring, I was like, this is the most fun thing in the world to me. Yeah. And it's not fun right now. Yeah. It feels, it stops feeling like a choice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this, that's when it's defined as addiction. Like, yeah. I went to a Workaholics Anonymous meeting uh, once. Everyone was late. <laughs> oh, my God. They were busy. <laughs> it was. Were busy. Everyone was late. And, of course, it was all people that were kind of known in our business. And we all got in trouble because the first thing you say is, <gasps> Kathy, I love your work. Yeah. Big fit. You're not yeah. allowed to say work. Good. You're not yeah. allowed to reward That's people cool. for it. But the way that people would talk about, there was one woman who was addicted to scrapbooking. And she would wake up in the middle of the night and be scrapbooking. And she would have to cancel things. And yeah. And missed her daughter's wedding because she's scrapbook. You know. Yeah. And so... I was like, and it sounds ridiculous, but then someone goes, oh, you're addicted to, you know, making drunk people laugh. Like, why are you driving into the comedy store on a Tuesday night at yeah. midnight? To, you don't need to do So right. it really, I mean, I was, the shopping thing got me. Yeah. Uh, definitely over the pandemic, mm-hmm. the online yeah. shopping thing. Was it clothing or was it house stuff or what was it? Well, m- moving into a house and then you, that justifies it. You're like, yeah. well, I need to fill this wall. I need yeah, to yeah. fill this thing. And I need, you know, and then I think that because it, the way that my previous addictions helped me justify my future ones where I was like, oh, I've always had body image stuff and mm-hmm. I'm finally in a healthy weight. So I need to buy new clothes. Yeah. You know, so they fit because if I try on something that's small from when I was starving myself, mm-hmm. this is going to trigger me. I just mm-hmm. had every excuse in the book. Yeah. I never spend money on stuff like this. I'm always taking care of other people, never myself, yeah. you know. And then buying stuff for other people was a big thing. Well, just this person's birthday is coming up. Yeah. I have to get them six different pairs of cowboy boots yeah. because they said they like horses. I just was like, <laughs> it was just the dopamine rush. Right. It was just the, and then the shame hit of when you get it and you realize, oh God, I spent more money than I need to on this. Now mm-hmm. I got to return it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just any way to stay out of having to think about, feel my feelings. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of girls in my meetings have the shopping thing. It's very common for women to have that particular cross shelf crossover. And I would say pretty much all of us have food issues. Yep. Like my, I remember my sponsor saying, don't worry about talking about food issues in a meeting because pretty much every other girl, and she goes, and by pretty much, I mean, every other girl has it too. So I wonder what the, what the bro one is. 
the the bro like what's the guy i think version? guys have it now too i mean bless their heart the guys that are keto and they're only eating oh, three jalapenos right. like guys they're only protein. i'll only have this protein powder it's i have to be built up to this measurement of my biceps i think I guys have yeah. dysmorphia now too i think yeah. guys have i went to dinner with a guy I remember this was like i was dating like a year ago and had a packet of yeah. protein and pudding i'm like what are like and he's <laughs> got it he can't have water with his food and there's no salt and he's measuring stuff and i'm like that's that you know in the crossfit and the you know i've turned into and this is also isolated in life you can laugh i've like turned into a tiktok addict twitter has become so toxic yeah and twitter is just so much like hate and gross and like being on c-span yeah it's just like dorks dorking yeah yeah. You and know, I need a color. I need a dance. Can you say it while you're dancing? Right. I know. <laughs> but I, I have to say, I find TikTok much more cal- calming because my algorithm is so dorky. It's puppy videos. Um, oh, I have some puppy videos. And then there's the puppy video. Like, I can watch <laughs> dog videos. I also, this is really like racist of me to say, I can't get enough Karen videos. <laughs> I want to see one in the wild. I have not seen my first in-person Karen yet. By the way, I'll go to jail because I'll be like the one that wants to fight Karen. But I, I, the stuff they say. You need say, to spend more time in Trader Joe's, Kathy. Uh, <laughs> I will be we'll fine the Karen. Apparently yeah, Walmart is why I'm not seeing yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so um, I, I, I love doing my TikTok, but I've, I'm shocked at how I'm not 12 and yet I'm on TikTok a lot. I think you're the majority it is not just 12 year olds anymore i know i know it's the chinese government and i know they have scans of my face and they you know i know i know i know i know yeah the other day i logged in and it said like uh agree to the new terms of service and i couldn't even get to them yeah it's like am i a crisper baby now yeah you can't there's no way the terms of service is there just taking our face if you guys make a robot of me can you at least make it not a karen right right (laughs) if you're using my face like what when ai kathy comes out just don't have her even know the word Trump. Just have her. And by the way, in my new show, I'm so excited. I didn't mean to do this. I don't even mention Trump once. That's awesome. It just doesn't come up. No. It's kind of been there, done that. No need. And I just have other shit on my mind. No need. And so I hope no one's disappointed. But like. I'm sure they'll be refreshed. I just think it's When like, people bring it up now on stage, there's like a. Uh, what hasn't been said. Yeah. What hasn't been seen. Nothing. You know, but anyway, I that's my that's my fear is that AI Kathy will like get more heads and there'll be more, you know, and I'm just like, no, have AI Kathy do other topics. I also think that TikTok makes you realize the the lizard brain we're up against yeah. because it is the Pavlovian. It's the Skinner box. Right. I mean, it's like there are these videos. Is it a cake? Yeah. And it's just a dog lying there. And then you see someone take a knife to it. And you're like, oh, yeah. And then it's a cake. And you're yeah. like, oh, yeah. yeah, I know. I'm just, it's adrenaline. Like, No, I'm terrified because there was a cat abuse video going around on Twitter and people kept posting about it. Mm. And I thought if I accidentally even see one frame of this thing, I, I I'm in bed for a month. No, I'm I'm that's really the other bad thing. that a way. A lot, me too. I'm so sensitive that stuff. And a lot of people send yeah. me these horse videos. They're like, this is so cute. It's normally abuse and right. people just don't know it, yeah. you know? So a lot of the animal videos really yeah. like stress me out. Yeah, I can't. I, yeah. I And I feel like a bad animal advocate because I feel like I should watch this whole video so I can do something. And a lot of times it's their rescue story. Yeah. And I, 
I just feel guilt about it, but I, I am like, click, get me out of here. Cause I do not recover from that. Yeah. I don't no, me too. What is that? We're, I, we're sensitive people. Look, the good thing is we are already rescuing animals mm-hmm. and we will continue to yeah. and support organizations that do. And so I kind of like, all right, in that case, I'm going to move on because I, I just can't. Well, I could talk to you forever. I, I mean, could talk to you for into the sunset. And like, you are so like breezy and grounded oh, and present. And I love you because you're so smart and funny. You're not just funny. You're super smart and funny. Oh, gosh. I don't feel that way, but thank you for saying That's okay. I do. Being pregnant makes you a moron. <laughs> like, I'm dumb. That is not the case. No, I'm a dumb person. You were pretty smart. Today. That's very nice of you pretty, to say. I try to, when Kathy's on, you try to just get out of her way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much Mark. for coming on. I end these super you. awkwardly, but everyone get tickets. Mirage, October 6th. Kathy well, Griffin. Use me as your excuse to go to Vegas. Use me. Let's do it. There's a big yes. globe there now. Yeah. And you know that in Vegas, all the homeless people live underground in the tunnel. So you don't right. have to see them. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're called the mole people. Yeah, I know. I've seen, you know. Google that. I, I have seen. I still watch Intervention. <laughs> I still watch Intervention. <laughs> I love you. Don't ride I elephants. Kathy Griffin. I love you.